tonight, and I'm glad you could tune in. We are going to be concluding our study through the book of Titus tonight. We've been here the last few weeks, and Lord willing, this will be our final uh, sermon from the book of Titus. We're going to be in Titus 3, verse 12 is where we will begin. And while you're turning to that, I want to remind everybody that through the month of August, Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., we will be meeting for services here in the fellowship hall. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. I encourage you, if you come, please wear a mask and please continue to practice social distancing so we can try to be safe in this time. And hopefully, uh, before too much longer, maybe we can get back to services uh, like they used to be. Uh, but in the meantime, until the virus kind of begins to slow down, we're going to be meeting in the Fellowship Hall. And I uh, hope you can join us for that. If you don't feel comfortable coming yet, uh, no worries. We'll miss you, but, but we understand. All right, let's pray, and then we'll dig into the Word. Father God, we come to you, and I thank you for these good words, and I pray that they would help us to grow in you. I pray that we would grow in good works, dear Lord, that we would seek to do good for your glory and not for ours, that we would seek to love people the way you do, dear Lord. And I pray that you hide me behind the cross, and I pray that I can preach and teach in a way and help people to understand your Word so that they can grow in it. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would give us the guidance and instruction and understanding we need both tonight and anytime we read your word. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Titus 3, verse 12. Now, a recap. Now, Paul had written this letter to Titus, who was on the island of Crete, uh, and Titus was trying to uh, build up the, 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 the Christian community there. Uh, he was to establish elders, good men who were going to be put in place, who could lead the people. Uh, the women of the area, the Christian women, were to impart wisdom on the young ladies. The Christian men were to impart wisdom on the young men. And Titus was to see this church grow in the face of all of the false teachings that were going forward. Uh, Titus was going to see the church grow by preaching and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. And that's what these instructions uh, that we have seen were written to, to, uh, from Paul to Titus for the people of Crete. And so we are going to conclude this letter from Paul here tonight. Titus chapter 3, verse 12 says, When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Diligently help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their journey, so that they will lack nothing. Now, oftentimes at the end of Paul's letters, we may see some other people that Paul is talking about, some that he wants to send a message to some that he is going to send to somebody else, some who are with him. We see that uh, often in the closing of Paul's letters. And some of those names we see uh, mentioned repeated as people who were with, uh, with Paul in different uh, aspects of his uh, ministry. Other people here like Artemis, we only see mentioned here. We don't know anything about Artemis other than this passage who just simply tells us that he's going to send either Artemis or Tychicus to uh, Titus. So some of these people we know about, others we don't know much about, but most of these we don't really know much about who are with Paul, other than that they were Paul's friends, that they were brothers in Christ and sometimes sisters in Christ. They were uh, part of a community of believers who were working together uh, for the kingdom of God. They were a network of believers, if you could call them that. They may have been spread out in all these different places, but they all communicated with one another and they all helped to see the kingdom of God be built, that the message of Jesus Christ be spread to all the world who needs to hear it. Now, what Paul and these others were doing is not so different 
uh, from what we see in our world today. We have uh, Christians all around the world today, some in a capacity more like Paul, who are missionaries who travel around, who preach and teach and do their best to build up congregations and to plant churches and to lead people to Jesus Christ. And even though we may not ourselves be personally involved in some of those things, we are part of that network of believers. We are part of those, as Paul would say in some of his writings, who help support uh, the ministry, who help uh, send goods, our, our funds, or whatever it may be to help those brothers and sisters in Christ who we know have a need, who we know who are about the work. And it's a great thing that, uh, especially in this day and age, uh, with smartphones and the internet, and within an instant, we can have contact uh, with somebody just about anywhere in the world. So we can have close contact with uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing uh, the work of the Lord, and we know what those needs are. Uh, we are encouraged when we hear the good news of how the people uh, that they're witnessing to may be flourishing, may be accepting Jesus Christ, may be growing in the Lord. Uh, we also may see the need to pray harder when we see our brothers and sisters in Christ and know that they are being persecuted, know that they are in danger, that they are having to sneak around in secret uh, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in areas where it may not be so well received. There was a network of believers back in Paul's day, and there still is a network of believers today. And God is still working in the same way as he did then. And it's important for us as Christians to realize that we need to be there to encourage, to pray for one another, and to help one another out. It may be that you are the one that God sends or has sent or will send somewhere. Or it may be that God puts an opportunity in your path that you can help someone else who is about his work somewhere that you may not have the ability uh, or, or, or the opportunity to go and serve there, but God may have placed someone else there. And it may be that you can pray for that person or you can help support that person in some way should God lead you to do so. Now, we don't know much about Artemis, but Tychicus has mentioned a few times that uh, he is obviously somebody who is with Paul, who Paul trusts, and we don't know much about Tychicus other than the fact that Paul mentions him on several occasions throughout some of these letters that he writes. So uh, he was probably an important helper to Paul. Uh, and he says he's going to, uh, excuse me, verse 12, when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis. Now, it says that Paul had uh, decided to stay the winter there. Now, the Nicopolis would have been a city uh, on the western side of Greece, and that's where Paul was. Now, Paul moved around a lot. We see that through the writings of Scripture. Uh, he was moving from place to place, but in this particular instance, he was going to be in Nicopolis, and he told Titus, look, I'm going I'm to try to send somebody else to you, and when they arrive, whoever it is, Artemis or Tychicus, I want you to come and see me. He goes on to say, diligently help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their journey so that they will lack nothing. Now, I don't believe that we see Zenos anywhere else in Scripture either other than right here. We don't know anything about Zenos except for uh, that he was a lawyer and obviously someone who was a friend of Paul and someone who was a follower of Christ, who was with Paul helping to do the work of Christ. And Paul wanted uh, Titus and the believers of Crete to help Zenos and to help Apollos uh, as they were on their journey. Now we see Apollos mentioned, and particularly 
in 1 Corinthians as someone who was also doing the work of the Lord alongside Paul. And Paul even addressed the people of Corinth saying, look, some of you are siding with this person or that person. Some are saying I follow Paul. Some are saying I follow Apollos. And Paul said, look, it doesn't matter. We're all in this together. We all have different parts that we're doing for the kingdom of God. One of us plants the seed. One of us waters the seed. Paul is telling the people of Corinth, don't be concerned with following one person, but follow Jesus Christ. There are lots of brothers and sisters who are working for the kingdom of God, who are doing their best to get the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did out there. But don't get caught up following those who are bringing the message, but rather focus on the message itself. Focus on Jesus Christ and support one another. And here we see Apollos mentioned in this passage as someone who is still alongside of Paul uh, with Zenos and Artemis and Tychicus and many others who were mentioned throughout Paul's writings who are alongside of him doing the work. Now let's read on a little further, verse 14. And our people must also learn to devote themselves to good works for cases of urgent need so that they will not be unfruitful. Now, when he says all of our people here, I believe he's speaking of the Christians. He's saying, look, all Christians need to work together. They need to focus on what? On doing good works. They need to devote themselves to good works so that they will not be unfruitful. Now, this is a common theme that we have seen here in Titus chapter 3, that Paul mentions good works. He has mentioned good works three times here in this chapter, in the first verse, I believe in verse 7, and then here at the end. He is telling, Paul is, Titus to make sure that the people know that they are to do good works. He mentions that five times in this book. He mentioned it again twice uh, in Titus chapter 2. And so there was this focus here that Paul really wanted to drive home for Titus that, look, here is what the focus of the believer needs to be, to follow Jesus Christ, to trust in him, and to do good works. Now, this is a theme that we see really all throughout the Bible, that God calls us to do what is good. What are good works? The things that are right, the things that are godly. Uh, and, and that's what we see commanded of, of, of followers of Jesus Christ throughout Scripture. Now, some of those good works are, are spelled out uh, to us in different ways at different points. If you want to flip to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1 Verse 17, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17 says, Learn to do what is good, seek justice, correct the oppressor, defend the rights of the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Now, here we have a similar command to what we just saw. What does it say here? Learn to do what is good. Now, it goes on to tell us some things that we are to do which should be considered good things, to seek justice. Now, we should want justice to be served. That should be something that, uh, that, that, that all of us should want. And God is a God of justice, the Scripture tells us. He is a just God. Now, we have to be careful when we talk about justice, especially uh, in this day and age. The definition of justice may be different for different people. Now, that's a different uh, uh, topic that we won't delve into tonight, but maybe we will delve into that later on when we have more time to uh, really break it down. But that's one of the things that is good for us to seek, and that is to seek justice. 
The next thing it says here is to correct the oppressor, or some of your translations may say to defend the oppressed. There are people in our world who are oppressed, who are being, who are being uh, uh, beat down or who are being abused or who are being uh, manipulated by those in power and authority. Maybe some people we encounter, maybe we see it in other parts of the world, uh, maybe we see it in different ways. But there are people in the world who are being oppressed. And it is good for us who are followers of Jesus Christ to defend them. Because oftentimes those who are depressed may not have the power or the ability to defend themselves. For those of us who do have the ability to defend others, to step up for others who have a need, we need to make an effort to do so when we are able to. Another thing it says here is to defend the rights of the fatherless. Now, there are lots of children in this world who do not have a father or do not have a mother who are orphaned. We see that throughout Scripture, that we are to take care of the orphan. There are many kids, perhaps their parents are still living, but they have been abandoned. Well, it is a good thing for us to look after the fatherless, to look after the child who can't fend for themselves, but needs someone to come to their aid. And then it says to plead the widow's cause. Again, this is something that we see repeated throughout Scripture. The widow, the orphan, these are the people that God calls us to look out for. The ones who may not be able to look out for themselves. Uh, the poor and the needy is another that we see. Now, these are some of the good things. When God calls us to good works, I believe that these are some of the things that God is calling us to. When we see this in Titus or anywhere else, when it says do good works, these are some of those things. Now, these aren't the only things I don't believe that we are to do. There are lots of good works. Uh, Jesus says that whoever does something for the least of people does something for him. When we see somebody hungry or when we see somebody thirsty or when we see somebody in need, and we help meet that need, whether it be food or clothing or shelter. Jesus would say, whatever we do for those in need, we do it for him. Now, all of those things would be considered a good work. Now, there are plenty of good things that we could also do, even when there is not disaster, even when people are not oppressed, even when people uh, maybe don't have a need, per se, uh, that, that's a, a real uh, a tough need right in the moment. We see those things, we're made aware of those things, and those are good needs for us to meet, for sure. But sometimes we do good for people even when things are going good. We just do nice things for people. We give an encouraging word to people. We help someone out even if maybe they're physically capable uh, of doing a, a job themselves. We may uh, go to their aid and say, let me give you a hand, brother. Let me give you a hand, sister. There are lots of good things we can do. We don't have to wait for bad things to happen for us to step up and say, I want to do something good. Or we can do something good even if the life of, of those around us seems to be going okay. We can still do nice things and good things for people. And we see this command all throughout here at the end of Titus to do good works. Now, what is a good work? Well, a good work is anything that you do for someone else expecting no benefit for yourself in return. Something you do for someone else and you expect no benefit in return. Now, we have to be careful when it comes to doing good works. Now, when we do things for other people, 
we should not be doing it for our own uh, reward. What, what are we going to get? How is this going to benefit us? If I help this other person, uh, will they pay me back somehow in return? Maybe that's the motive sometimes for good works that you do. You do something for someone so that you can call in a favor later. Hey, you remember that time I did that good thing for you? Well, that's not the way that God wants us to operate. Even though you may have done something good, you did it with a bad heart. And that makes it bad altogether, even if you did a good thing. And so we have to check our motives. We have to say, look, I'm going to do this good work because this is the right thing to do. Because I love this person, because I want to help this person, because I want to help these people, because I want to help this situation. I want to do this because it is right. That should be our motivation for doing good works. We do them because they are right, not so we can get benefit. And not just materialistic benefit either. We may do things sometimes with the wrong motives, hoping to get some materialistic or financial benefit from them. That, of course, is wrong. But sometimes maybe we do things not looking for anything physical in return, but just looking for that worldly recognition. We see an opportunity, and we don't really care about the need or the person. We simply see it as an opportunity to let others see how good we are. Boy, if I do this good deed, and I do it in front of other people, or they happen to find out about it, boy, they will think good of me. Well, again, you are benefiting, maybe not in a physical sense of, of something that you've gained in your possession, but you are benefiting, at least in your own pride, by thinking that people will think more highly of you. And so we have to check our motives when we do good works. We don't ever want to give simply for our benefit because we want to receive in return. Now, it is true that sometimes when you do good works, you will benefit from them. I'm not saying that if you benefit from a good work that it's always bad, but that should not be your motive. There may be things you do for someone with no intention whatsoever of receiving anything in return, but yet they give you something in return. For instance, I know someone who a while back found a, a big old envelope full of money. Now, they could have kept that envelope full of money for themselves, but instead they were able to find out who the money belonged to and get the money back to the person, and the person gave them a reward for giving the money back. Now, this person, I don't believe, had any, uh, had any uh, uh, desire to seek a reward. That's not where they turned the money in. If they would have cared about money, they could have simply kept the envelope full of money and spent it all themselves, and no one would have been the wiser. But it wasn't the right thing to do. It was a good deed to pick that money up and give it back to the one who needs it. Who knows? Maybe that's the money that they had to live on for the rest of that week or the rest of that month. When we find things like that, we may be tempted to say, well, boy, this is ours. Finders keepers, losers weepers. But that's not the good thing to do. That's not the right thing to do. And sometimes in situations like that, when we do good things and right things, sometimes there may be a reward that comes our way. And if it is, then so be it. Uh, we should not expect those things. And if they should come, I don't think that that makes us evil for those things coming. But that should never be our motive. There may be things that we do, good things that people find out about, even when we do them in secret. And they may even come to us and they may even acknowledge. They may even boast about how good of the thing that we've done. Well, the Bible says we should never boast in ourselves to let others 
boast about us. Not that we should ever seek boasting or hope that others boast about us. But my point is, is that sometimes when you do good things, there is something that comes to you in return. Sometimes when you do good things, even when you're trying to do them in secret, people will find out and they may boast in those things. But that's an opportunity for us to say, look, you know what? I did it because it was the right thing to do because that's what God has called me to do. I'm simply following the example of my Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe it's in Matthew where it says, look, let your light shine before men so that they will see it, uh, see your good works and give glory to God. Now, people will sometimes see our good works, but it's important that we remind them to give the glory to the Lord. Now, we should never seek to do good works with the motivation of receiving in return. But sometimes those things will occur. But we have to be on guard that we do not allow pride uh, to, to enter into our mind. Our legalism to enter into our good works. Now it may be that we really don't have, we really don't want to do good works, but we feel like we have to do good works. Well, if you struggle with doing something that, that you think you have to do even though you don't want to, well, then you need to pray about it. Maybe you shouldn't do it. If your heart's not really into the good work, perhaps you shouldn't do the good work. Perhaps you need to pray and say, okay, God, I don't really want to do this. But God, I know I need to do this. I know this is the right thing to do. And God, I want to do what's right by you. So God, help change my heart. Maybe that's a prayer that we need to pray sometimes. Maybe our heart is sometimes on uh, cheerfully giving and doing good works, but maybe other times it is not, and we need God to change our heart. Verse 14, And our people must also devote themselves to good works for cases of urgent need so that they will not be unfruitful. Now, when we are doing good works, it keeps us from becoming unfruitful. Now, as Christians, we want to be fruitful. That's why we want our heart to be changed. That's why we want our heart to be in check. Uh, if, we, if we are not wanting to do good works, if we are not wanting to do those things that we should be wanting to do, then we need God to change our heart so that we can bear better fruit. We need to be careful uh, that we are doing things the way that God would call us to do those things. Not be proud about them, not think too much about ourselves, but also not be legalistic about it. Not just say, well, I've got to do it, so I'm going to do it. And just continue to do good things, but with the wrong motives, and you can just become legalistic about it. Well, God doesn't want us just to be legalistic about the things we do, but rather he wants us to love the things we do. He wants us to love other people and to love helping other people. And so we need to look at our lives and say, okay, Am I, am I devoted to doing good works? Do I have good motives for the good works that I do? Does my pride come into the picture? Do I think too much about myself and what people are going to think of me? Am I just going through the motions and doing good works because, well, the preacher said tonight I need to do them and I don't really want to, but I'm going to do them. Well, if we continue to do it in that way, there's no blessing there for us uh, and, and we just become legalistic about it and we miss what God really wants us to miss, or excuse me, what he really wants us to get, the way he really wants us to love for and care for other people. And when we are devoted to good works and we run from evil works, then we are growing in the Lord. We are fruitful. So we need to look for opportunities to do good works. 
not just those dire situations that may come in natural disasters or war times or whatever it may be, but maybe just a good work to your neighbor or your friend or someone you encounter in the grocery store. There may be an opportunity for you to do something good for someone, and that's what God calls us to, to do good works. He closes in verse 15. All those who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. Now this is a, a, a similar closing to what Paul has in many of his writings. There are others with him. He's sending a greeting to other brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to be receiving this, this letter. And he says, grace be to all of you. Now, we need to follow Paul's example. We need to follow this network of believers in this community that Paul talks about, that we are loving one another, that we are encouraging one another, that we are supporting one another, that we are there for one another, that we are in the faith with one another, and that we are greeting one another and we are doing the Lord's work so that he will be glorified in what we do so that we are doing good work, so that when people see our good works, they will see the Lord. We do our best to do our good works in secret, but we always give glory to the Lord, whether we do the works in secret or whether they are found out. The glory is His. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you, and I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help us to do good works for you, to live for you. Uh, dear Lord, just to follow you in all that we do, I pray that we would be an encouragement for one another, that we would lift one another up, that we would pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are serving throughout the world, that we would help them when we can, dear Lord, and that we would pray for them when we can, God. And I pray that you would help us to uh, love our brothers and sisters just in the same way that you and all of these who are with you love one another and we're about your work. Help us to see good works and help us to have the strength uh, to do those good works. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.